Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right. Once again, we are back with Heart of a Husker. I'm your host, Rashawn Jackson, three-time national champ. And I'm with my big brother, somebody I love to death, man, Mickey Joseph. Mick, how you been, brother? On, how you been? I'm good, man. What's happening? Oh, I can't call it, man. Just doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that, man. Just checking on yeah. you, making sure, you know, I'm you good, still baby. watching. Yeah, huh? I'm, I'm all over. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here in New Orleans right now. Um, I'll spend some time in Omaha, as you know. Um, I spent some time in Denver with my brother Vance and Memphis, Tennessee with my brother Sammy and go visit my um, my um, cousin Terry in Austin. So I've just been trying to stay busy. But it's been good, though. Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about, you know, I was looking at Kayshawn Boodle. They had this deal at LSU where it said the last. Boutte. 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 Oh, it's Boutte. Boutte. See, y'all, 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 y'all get out of Louisiana names. Y'all mess our Louisiana names up. It's Boutte. It's Boutte. Boutte, yes. Okay. All right, Boutte. He must be from he must be from New Orleans. No, New Iberia. Well, it's down there, ain't it? No. Lafayette. New Iberia's over by Lafayette. So okay. a little bit. Oh, I you, got you. you. You're trying to put everybody in New Orleans, yeah. You know? Everybody's from, from New Orleans, ain't they? He's from, he's from New New Iberia. <laughs> okay. Oh, so Keshawn, Keshawn Boutte, 199 catches. Jamar Chase, 199 catches. Terrence Marshall Jr., 195 catches. Malik Neighbors, 188. This is this is this is the most receiving yards in a half. My bad. Okay, this is the last 20 years. Malik Neighbors, 188 yards. Justin Jefferson, 186 yards. Did you have anything to do with any of those guys? I sat in all eight living rooms. <laughs> How'd you get one of those living rooms? How'd you get them? Well, I think, I think, you know, we're recruiting, you know, it was, they were in-state kids. And um, I always compare in-state kids to out-of-state kids. And if it comes up even, like the valuation comes up, I'm going to go with the in-state kid just because he's more comfortable with his surroundings. And I don't have to break that out-of-state kid in. To, you know, to some surroundings. Because, you know, recruiting at LSU is a little different because Louisiana is a little different. You bring a kid from out of state, you got to kind of break him in. Sometimes it takes six to eight months to get used to being down here from Louisiana if you're not from here. But um, I started recruiting those kids when they were, you know, 14, 15 years old, some of them 13 when they were eighth graders, and develop a relationship not only with them, but develop a relationship with their parents, you know, and find out who's going to pull the trigger, who's the, who, who makes this kid tick. And I didn't have to go far. And I, I knew all those kids at one point could be draft draft picks. I, I didn't know if they were going to be first round to sixth round. I didn't know that. You know, I was I was surprised with Kayshawn because I thought Kayshawn is first round talent. And he went sixth round. I thought Trey Palmer was second, third round talent. He went sixth round. But, you know, to say that, you know, just they will get to their second contract. And that's mm-hmm. when you make your money. But they but I sat in all their living rooms. What 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 does that conversation go like when you when you trying to get a guy that caliber 
you know, what what do you say to the mom and dad? What do you say? Well, that I'm gonna treat him like he's mine. I'm I'm gonna treat him like he's my son. So that 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 goes with the good. That goes with the bad. And um, I think you you if you you're up front with them and you know you challenge them on things, not just things on the field, just you know schoolwork and you know and 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 doing things, trying to do things the correct way. You know, I think you know, but when you develop a relationship with the parents, the parents can trust you with their kid, because so many parents, you know, you you think parents trust you, so many parents don't trust people with their kids, unless you're going to pick up where they left off at. And what I'm saying that he's 17, 18 years old. Now you're going to pick him up, pick up. Now you're going to get him from 18 to 22. You know, sometimes you get him at 17, you lose it. You get him, they're gone at 20 at, at LSU because they only went to school for five semesters. You know, they, they leave and they're juniors. So, you know, they leave, you get them young and they leave young. So it's your job as a coach to just pick up what the parents left off at. But that's having a really good relationship with with the parents, you know, like I, I, I spoke with Talia yesterday, you know, Jamar, you know, they owe two, and I spoke with Jimmy Chase today. So within 24 hours, I spoke with both parents, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to go see Jamar um, in two weeks when they played, play the Rams on Monday night, you know, cause I, I still, I still try to keep up with them. I don't, and I'm not, I'm not like a coach that call them all the time, but if they need me to know where I'm at, but I have a, such a strong relationship with all those kids that, they can pick the phone up if they haven't spoke to me in three months and everything's going to be okay. And I'm going to help them. How did you, how did you juggle? How did you juggle that room? Having so much talent in the room? It's, I, I, I don't want to say it's the same way and not to sound arrogant. So I'm going to, I'm going to just say it, but I'm, I'm people that know me know I'm not arrogant. It, it's the same way mom and dad ran our house because you understand they had three, three division one players in their house. But and they had three superstars in their house, but everybody got treated fairly. Everybody had to pull their own weight, and everybody had to have patience. And and I tell kids that all the time. Like people say, okay, why Trey Palmer didn't play? Well, Trey Palmer didn't play a lot because he played behind Justin Jefferson. Now, two Sundays, two Sundays, like last Sunday, Trey Palmer starts for the Buccaneers. And Justin starts for the Vikings, and Trey was Justin's backup. And Trey, Trey didn't want, you know, D White's over there also, you know, D White's over there. But, but you know, I'm just saying that it's a this panel, but everybody knew they were being treated fair. Nobody felt like they were getting screwed over because they know I had you battle, you win the job, you play. And and they knew when I said it, I meant it. I, I had I had no favorites. I love them all, you know. But at the end of the day, when it's time to play football. The best one goes out there. Not who I like. I don't like this about this kid. And I think that's the problem with some college, you know, college coaches because I think some college coaches they don't like a kid and they don't feel a certain way about the kid. They don't play the kid. And and my thing is in the league, you can't do that. Once they pay that kid, the league don't care. You're gonna have to play him. You know, you're gonna have to play him. So my thing was I never want them to like me all the time. I never wanted them to hate me all the time. And I was always in between with them, but they knew one thing that I was going to coach him hard, but I wasn't going to yell at A and not yell at B. Everybody gets it. Everybody gets the loving after it's over. Everybody gets the ass chewing, though. And I think they knew that and they respect that from me that I showed no favoritism. Mm -hmm. Will you talk about a little bit, Mickey, about receiver development? Like, you get a guy as a freshman, 
17, mm-hmm. 18, 18 year old young man. Yeah. Doesn't know a lot about life. But you get him, how do you develop him into the Jamar Chases, into the Justin Jeffersons, into the Trey Palmers? How do you get them? What do you do? And how do you train them into the guys that they that we've seen go first round, second round, sixth round, but star in the NFL? Yeah. Well, I always say this, and I tell people this, I'm no miracle worker. But one thing I do start off with, you have to have some talent. If you can't play, see, okay, listen to me. Listen to this. Bad, good players can't overcome bad coaching. You, you know what I mean? Good yeah. players can't overcome bad coaching. That's just it. So right. if you're a good player and you're getting bad coaching, then you can't overcome it. Bad players can't overcome good coaching. If you're just a bad player and you don't belong on that level, don't care what coach you sit in front of you, you're going to be that same guy. You got to bring something to the table. I always say you got to meet me halfway. So you got to have some talent. So when I'm developing, when I'm looking at a receiver coming out of high school, the, the first thing I want to know, can he catch? Can mm. he catch contested balls? Then my thing is, how fast is he? Does he have to be like Trey, 4'3"? Kayshawn, Kayshawn ran 20.4. In high school, 200 meters. Trey ran 10, 300 meters. You know what Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase ran 10, 700 meters in high school. You know what more people would have said? Well, he's not fast enough. Well, 10, 10, 7, 10, 800 meters running, that's fast. Mm-hmm. That's fast for a football player. Them track dudes are different beasts, man, when they come to track. But I, I find out if they, can, if, they, if they can catch contested balls and they got strong hands, then I find out if they can run. Then I look at, then I, then I look at if they can come in and out of their break. But don't get it twisted. Before I do all of that, he got to have some dog in him. Mm. What is that dog you looking for? Just, I'm going to get it. I'm about to get it done for you. I'm about to, I'm about to get after this boy. I'm going to get after him. I, I remember we playing a certain team, and there's a, and there's a certain, it was a certain, um, it was a certain DB that tweeted at, at my guys, Jamar Jets, Terrence, when we was playing them. And, and before, and Jamar never talks. I mean, you know, Terrence, Jim, Jets, they never talk. Before, they was like, we about to mess old boys draft grade up. You know, and, and this team had two first rounders. And we went after a dude. We went after a dude. We went after him hard. Because Jamar had that dog in him. Yeah. Justin had that dog in him. Terrence had that dog in him. Just, I'm going to get after you. But you couldn't be in my run unless you had that dog. Because you was going to stick out like a sore thumb if you didn't have it. Because I'm going to call you on it. I'm gonna call you on it, like, hey, you just don't. You you gotta have that. I'm about to get it done. I'm about to. I'm about to win this battle. Any means necessary. I'm not trying to hurt nobody, but I'm about to get this thing done. Any means necessary. I'm gonna make this catch. I'm gonna route this boy up. Any means necessary. I'm gonna make this block. Any means necessary. And that's what I'm talking about. That dog. Just that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna keep working until I get it right. That's that dog in you. Then you have to make up of the catching, the running. You know, and in and out of your breaks. And then I'm going to clean you up with your routes. I learned one thing from my mentor, Jerry Sullivan, who spent 25 to 30 years in the NFL. He's one of, he's probably the best uh, receiver coach to come through the NFL. I worked with him for, um, from, for two years at LSU. Before that, I've been doing it forever. And he taught me about route running. And he always say with route running, if you paint a pretty picture as a receiver, the ball's going to come easy to you and you're going to catch it. But if you run a raggly route, the time is not going to be there. But you, but you, but you, you have to work on that. You, you have, that just can't happen 
in the off season when you're doing seven on seven on the summer when you're doing seven on seven sometimes that has to happen right after practice we got to sit here and we got to work this route with the passing concept listen 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 to me about completing the pass it's third and seven we got to complete this pass okay and let me show you how difficult it is first of all i got to have the correct formation so get the correct look then i have to have the right concept and hopefully i get the right coverage because you're going to have a two side, you're going to have a three side. You, your three side might be to the field. Your two side might be to the boundary because you can get cloud in the boundary. Okay, so you can get quarter, quarter, half, which is cloud to the boundary, quarters to the field. Okay. Okay, so we're going to give you a two high look or one high look. Once you get that, then we got to have the correct pass protection. We got to chip a guy maybe because our tackle ain't winning. So we got to chip and keep the back end and, and release four and release the fifth one late. Okay, then you gotta then you gotta have the right protection. Then they gotta run the correct routes. The quarterback gotta take the correct, correct um drop. Then he's gotta make the throw, we gotta catch it. All that has to happen to complete a ball in the passing game. So you don't think you need to work on that? That's why you gotta have a seven on seven, and you gotta have team pass, and you gotta throw it after practice if you committed to throwing the football. And when we won it in 19 at LSU, we was committed to throwing the football. We ran two running plays. We ran dual and we ran power. Everything was between the tackles. We had a little cloudy Larry kid that's playing in Kansas State. But you understand that 2019 team, everybody who touched the ball was a first rounder now, except Thaddeus Moss, the, the tight end. So we had to, so, but we used to keep those kids after practice. And we walked through the incomplete passes and, and we had to talk about the timing. And sometimes we had to tell, we had to tell Joe B, hey, throw it two yards inside the hash and I'm going to have him there. And I'm like, hey, Jets, you got to be two yards inside this hash and the ball's going to be there. Because sometimes you get double covered. Okay, you got to fight to get there. They don't know where you're going. You know where you're going. You know where the ball's going. They don't know where the ball's going. But you got to work at that. that the, the passing game is so complicated. It's not something that you just can say, I want to do. You know, and, and I had to learn that. And I, I learned it from when, when Joe Brady came in and Joe Brady said and and, and 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 Jerry Sullivan, they used to say the passing game is very difficult. So anytime you had a drop, I had a I put a drop down as a turnover. Because mm. we had to go through all of that and you dropped the ball. And the worst thing you can do, the worst drop in the world is a third down drop or a touchdown drop. But you gotta do a lot in the passing game. You gotta really have to work in the passing game for his concepts and getting the right looks you want and, and where's your quarterback reading at before you just can say, I'm on, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna call this pass, but you, you really can't do that in the past game. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw it to break Mickey, but before I do, I'm going to throw a couple more questions out there. Maybe you can be thinking about them over this break. Cause I got, I got, I got a house full of people, you know, the saints are on tonight, you know, who, they playing? who are they playing? Carolina. Ah, you know, they my, fam, my, my fam, it's no, it's six, six. You know, my family's big Saints fans, and who's my whole family who, came over here. Who's coaching Carolina? I think Frank Rick, the, the guy from um, the coach. I think he's there now. I think that's what I've seen. All right, well, we got one more segment with Mickey Joseph. Mickey, I'm a, I'm, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Mickey coaching style, all gas, no breaks. We're okay. going to talk a little bit about how do you manage – well, we already talked about the how do you manage the talent in the room, but what's the biggest misunderstanding of the transfer portal? Okay. And then – I want to know because this is one thing that I, I see with receivers, and I think it's a it's a dying um, discipline. 
how does a receiver get separation when running a route? Yes. Yeah. More with Mickey Joseph, the coach, when we get back.